It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. Make a $50 or more first-time deposit and you'll receive a free CHGO membership. That unlocks all of our great web content and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. I'm Jay Zawoski, joined as always by Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. We've got a very busy show today. Uh, we found out yesterday the Blackhawks have completed their interview with Montreal Canadiens assistant coach Luke Richardson. We're going to talk to Jalen Lipen, who is a Blackhawks prospect who is competing for the Edmonton Oil Kings and the Memorial Cup starting on uh, this weekend. And we're talking to Jason Shaver, the voice of the Chicago Wolves, ahead of the Calder Cup Finals. So a ton to get to, fellas. But let's start with Luke Richardson. Um, I don't know. Are we at liberty to talk about our uh, our Thursday meeting that we had? <laughs> we had a meeting with some of the Blackhawks uh, brass, and one of them had to leave the meeting very quickly. And we, I think we can do the math and figure out that Luke Richardson had arrived and was ready for his interview. So He, he was ringing the doorbell at the United Center and he <laughs> yeah. had to go back. <laughs> yeah, the ring was going off. Yeah. The ring doorbell yeah. was going off. Yeah, so, that, was, uh, that, was, that was interesting now, knowing <laughs> a, few, a few days later uh, this information. It's, uh, you, 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 you look back and you're like, oh, all right, that makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah, it was seeing the uh, the information come across uh, about uh, Luke Richardson um, already having his interview with the Blackhawks. Um, you know, he was one of the first uh, coaches rumored to be uh, potentially on on their radar, and now it looks like you know pretty much you can you can confirm that that he's he's in the running. He's had the interview. Um, it'll be interesting to see if any other information about um, whether Derek King has had his interview yet or. Uh, if Brad Shaw is has been in the building or plans to be, or uh, if Todd Reardon is coming around, around um, will be interesting to see. But yeah, Luke Richardson has been in and out of the building, and uh, that's put, put one on the board for the Blackhawks. After uh, you know the a couple teams have already hired their coaches, the Blackhawks have uh, interviewed their first. We've talked internally. Uh, we'll pull back the curtain a little further here. That like. We haven't heard a lot of of who's being interviewed or anything like that. This was our first mention of anything, and, and the Hawks didn't mention it. We remember during their GM search, they were like, "Here's who it is, and Very here's why we interviewed him." But now you got uh, Kyle Davidson in charge, and this is a man that obviously loves to keep everything tight-lipped and close to the vest, which is great. Um, but we also have been wondering behind the scenes, like we haven't heard much. They're kind of, I don't want to say dragging their feet, but they're definitely taking their time. Obviously they weren't going to be after one of these big name guys, your Bruce Cassidy's or Pete DeBoer's, which is fine. But maybe there's a guy that's still playing hockey right now. And that's why they haven't really gone with this. Maybe there's a guy on that Colorado or lightning staff. Maybe there's a guy in the AHL that's still playing hockey that they're just waiting to talk to. And that has been why we've only, as far as we know, have one interview so far. Yeah. And look like, one reporter in in Canada had it, uh, Renaud Laval. I don't know how to say his name. It's French, uh, but I follow him and he's really really good. He's been there for a long time covering <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the Canadian, so he's, he's a trusted reliable. source. Yeah, absolutely, will, uh, credentialed, uh, verified media. 
Um, but he does a great job, but he tweets both in French and English. So you see the French one come out first. You're like, that looks like Hawks news. Okay. Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> well, in English. Yeah. Good. Yeah. When, well, when it's uh, <laughs> Renaud, Renaud Lavoie. Yeah. I'm going to go with that pronunciation. I think it's close. Or Lavoie. Uh, Lavoie. Yeah, Maybe. probably. Yep. Probably. Nobody here but, is um, a future Canadian uh, coaching <laughs> candidate. That's for no, sure. <laughs> no. But um, yeah, I mean, when you see, you know, the, the Twitter handle is at NHL Blackhawks. It's like, oh, there's news. Uh, and then, yeah, you see it in English. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely someone who you can trust with any any Canadian's news, which there has been uh, a good amount of it in the last few hours. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think um, I don't know how I feel about them g- going so public with the GM search and then maybe kind of keeping it close to the vest of the coaching search. I don't know if that's a Kyle Davidson call or – you know from for, for just maybe a different perspective or a different approach that they that the the team might be taking after being so public with the gm search i'm not sure but um i kind of liked them being very open about the gm search uh and and would hope that they would uh take the coaching search the same route but i mean they're they're, they're going to do the things that they that they need to do to um you know i guess if, if if it is a davidson call to keep it close to the vest that's that's fine you 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 appreciate that in in you know as as a as a fan you know you don't want really i think for me in the gm process with it being so public i think that opened it up to everyone kind of maybe one picking their favorites but two also kind of freaking out a little bit because when peter shirelli was yeah <laughs> wasn't was a, a candidate was like oh my god what are we doing you know kind of thing but i think with the head coaching search i don't think there's any candidates that are going to invoke that reaction um, but I would still like to know who is who is their full list. Yeah, definitely. And and one thing to keep in mind too about the secrecy of it or whatever you want to call it is there is a new order to their PR staff. Uh, Adam Rogowin, who is the head of their public relations, is no longer with the organization. John Steinmiller and company have sort of everybody's moved up a slot. So maybe it's a PR decision to not keep things as public as they had in the past. I don't know, but um, I think. You know, keeping the list semi-private is, is not the worst idea in the world um, because, you know, why show your hand? And, and like you said, Davidson has been pretty good at not showing his hand since he's been officially given the job. Well, and one other factor that could be the difference between these two scenarios, when the Blackhawks were looking for a GM, they were the only team looking for a GM. True. Now there's a half a dozen, eight teams looking for a head coach. So maybe you have to be like, yeah, we don't want to let them know that we're talking to this guy too. So that could be a factor. The one thing that I found most interesting in that tweet that was sent out was he mentioned that Richardson, if he doesn't get the Blackhawks job, will return as an assistant to the Canadians. So does that mean the Blackhawks are the only team talking to him? Does he have other opportunities? That kind of jumped off the page a little bit to me. I mean, maybe it was just a general statement saying, hey, if he doesn't become a head coach, he's sticking here. So don't worry, Canadians fans. But... Uh, it made me think that maybe the Hawks were the only team that have, have uh, looking to interview him. Yeah, the, I mean, the, much as I've f- heard about Luke Richardson, it, I feel like I've only heard him connect to the Blackhawks so far. I mean, maybe maybe that's yeah, just one it, of the teams he he might be uh, in line for, or it might just be the only one. And the and the teams that have been moving quickly are the teams that are looking in win now mode you know and luke richardson isn't a guy that's going to go to a team that's looking to for a coach to push them over you know to get them to the stanley cup yeah well monday we talked to laura saba from the lockdown canadians podcast you could follow her on twitter at the active stick and actually grab some of that audio uh just her sort of initial thoughts on what luke richardson would be like as a head coach he seems to be from all the player interviews he's been in montreal for quite some time now he was in ottawa before that from player interviews from the family story and everything like that he seems to be the kind of guy that players would run through a wall for uh which you know whenever you hear his defensemen talk about him it's very much that way. He does seem to be a guy, obviously, he had many years as a player. Uh, he does seem to be the kind of guy who knows how to talk to his players, communicate with his players. Uh, really, I think he gives everybody a lot of time. And he seems to be that way with former teammates, with friends. Nobody would say a bad word about him. So he's definitely what I would term as a player's coach. And in Montreal, to be honest, he's definitely been the kind of person that has uh, taken his role really well. You know. 
he he's never kind of when Martin Saint Louis came in, who's you know uh, it was an off the board pick. Let's be honest, and uh, somebody with no experience uh, coming in to be a head coach. Luke Richardson did everything that he could to support Martin Saint Louis. And you know when you talk about Saint Louis, when he was asked when he was signed to an extension do you plan on changing your coaching staff? And he said, no, which to me, like if you're a new coach, wouldn't you want to clean out your assistants and just sort of bring in your own people? So I feel like he must have made such a, re- a good impression on Martin St. Louis in that last like 40 games of the year stretch there that, you know, he definitely seems to be a kind of team player. Um, and again, when you hear his defensemen talk about him and obviously in the Stanley Cup final uh, last season, sort of the, Western Conference Final, which Montreal was inexplicably <laughs> in, uh, and and the Stanley Cup Final, uh, Dominique Ducharme, head coach, had COVID, so he was out. So Luke Richardson had the bench for a couple of games, and the games went went well. Uh, and they also like the, the way the players talked about his influence on the bench. Like he seems to be to me a very much loved guy in hockey. So that was Laura Saba from the Lockdown Canadians podcast. Go back and listen to uh, Monday's episode. There's lots of good Luke Richardson info in there. Big part of why he was not considered for the head coaching job is he's not fluent in French. And if you're in Montreal, you have to be able to speak both languages pretty fluently. So that's why he was sort of passed over for Martin St. Louis. Um, but just sort of, you know, skimming through Canadians Twitter, uh, looking up Luke Richardson, looking through stories like, the fans seem to love him. The media seems to love him. The players seem to love him. And I don't want to say I have a favorite yet because I don't know much <laughs> about any of these three candidates so far. But right. um, it certainly seems to he is in line for this kind of a job, right? Like first time head coach, ready to develop young players. Uh, I, I think he it makes perfect sense to see why Kyle Davidson and company are reaching out to Luke Richardson. And, and this is the first confirmed interview we have. And. I'm sure we'll get a few more as the days come come by here. Yeah, as as far as candidates who I feel like would fit the would fit what the Blackhawks are are looking for, what that role would be is you know coming in at the ground floor of the rebuild and trying to build up the young players, build up the team for a few years to get to uh, to get back to a point of you know contention in, in postseason contention, Stanley Cup contention. Um, it feels like Richardson is the is the kind of coach that would would fit that role, and and you know to uh, Laura's point where you know she was saying that you know this is a this is a, Richardson is the kind of coach that players will run through a wall for. Great, I love to hear that because you know in in hockey if you can if you can get if you can get guys to buy in like that, um, I, I think that that's that's a really good trait for uh, for for a coach to be able to have. And especially for a team that, you know, maybe in the first year, you might have some players that you might need to convince a little bit to buy into like, hey, uh, it's going to kind of suck around here for a little bit, but stick with us because we want to, you know, we're, we're, we're building something. So if Richardson is, is able to communicate that message and, and do it effectively, that's, you know, all, all, all the better to him. And, you know, I, I they also talk about presence. You yeah. don't play, you don't play, what was he at, 1,400 NHL games? Something like that. Like you don't play that without you know having a, having an ability to to be able to, to know the game, uh, speak the game, and, and be able to have a you know that kind of background playing the game and the the years he's been coaching. Like that's that's a presence. Yeah, I agree. Uh, for a former player with with that sort of uh, a resume, uh, you said a fourteen uh, seventeen games, two thousand fifty five penalty minutes. <laughs> you nice. know, Luke Richardson nice. was a dude with a lot of hard miles on him. And uh, I think he walks in and, and commands some respect right away. Yeah, and that that's that would be key for for a young team. Um, you know, that's a guy that you can say, okay, he knew how to do it for a very long time, be successful at it. He probably knows what he's talking about. No doubt, especially as a as a defenseman too. And you look at immediately the kinds of prospects that are going to be likely to be moving up right away uh, for Chicago within either next year or the year after it's a lot of you know young defensemen that'll be coming up so if Richardson's the guy to uh to to, to be the head coach and to have some influence over those young defensemen I think that that's you know that kind of lines up with uh with with what he would be able to do what the Blackhawks will be uh, will be looking at but I mean again he's only the first candidate that we you know can can pretty much confirm has had an interview we'll see what they uh, what they do but they said that they want to have a coach by July. I would imagine they want their coach uh, to be 
in, in place before the draft. They got 13 days, 14 days before we hit July. Like, it's gonna, it was cutting it close. I'm going to go out on the limb, and I'm going to predict next week they make it higher. Yeah. Based on okay. nothing. Based on nothing. <laughs> Why not? YOLO. Yeah, sure. Well, that'll be the sooner I mean, the better be, at this point. Yeah, that'll be two weeks leading into the draft. I think you know, just from a logistics standpoint, having a coach um, be able to be in the room and and get him up to speed, uh, get, get rather get them up to speed uh, to um, what they want to do with the draft, and and have them have input into the draft a little bit. I think would be just a smart move. Totally agree. All right, next up, we're going to talk to Blackhawks prospect. Jalen Lipen, why he and his Edmonton Oil Kings are headed to the Memorial Cup tournament starting, uh, what is it, Monday? I think it's Monday. Begins. Yeah, starting on Monday. So don't miss that. It's going to be a fun interview. But first, I want to remind everybody that the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. Do that right now, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership. That unlocks all of our great web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. If you see an edge in the game you're watching, is your favorite team prime for a comeback? Don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash outs. See why consumers say PointsBet has the fastest, has been the fastest with their live bets. Follow along with your bets the moment they hit and stay in the live action all game long. Download the PointsBet app right now and use promo code CHGO. You can download the app right now and register from start to finish all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. If you want to start your day with a competitive edge while helping support CHGO, you should be visiting our friends over at Strava CBD Coffee because it is a game changer and has helped thousands of people improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic broad-spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer you some real benefits that can help you out in your daily life, such as feeling more alert and focused without all the jitters. You'll be able to live your life more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy a more restful sleep so you can wake up feeling your best. And the best part is Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh, and shipped straight to your door. They've got tons of different flavors, all kinds of different levels, concentration levels of CBD. You can get exactly what you want every time you order. And CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase when you use the promo code CHGO25 at checkout. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com. That's S-T-R-A-V-A by using that promo code CHGO25 at checkout. And if you already love Strava, subscribe and save with the Strava, Strava Coffee Club. With Strava, you're in control. Save on all your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule. They make it as easy as possible for you to enjoy great tasting coffee along with all the benefits of CBD. So check them out today, StravaCraftCoffee.com. Joining us now on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast is Blackhawks prospect Jalen Lipen. He is the left winger, sometimes center, of the Edmonton Oil Kings. They're going to the Memorial Cup I don't know, you guess you call it playoffs. Uh, starting on Monday, it's going to be a great time. Jalen, thanks for taking some time to join us here uh, ahead of a, a crazy week ahead for you. Yeah, thanks. I, I appreciate it. It's been, uh, it's been a crazy week so far, and uh, just excited to get to St. John and start playing again for a, a bigger trophy. Jalen, have you had some time to kind of let the uh, the, the WHL championship sink in before uh, switching gears to thinking about the Memorial Cup, or is it just kind of like, you know, maybe once the Memorial Cup's over, you'll take everything in because you gotta you gotta make a quick transition. Yeah, I think definitely definitely the night we won it. I think uh, 
that was probably the night I took it all in, especially with my family being there. It was a, an amazing experience and something I'll definitely never forget. And uh, our coach said something perfect to us the next morning. He just texted him to the, into the group chat and just reminded us kind of that we still have 14 days of work and the job's not finished because we got one, but we wanted two all year long. So for those that don't know how the Memorial Cup works, and, and Jalen, I just want to explain to our listeners because we don't get a lot of coverage of that here in the States. It is the uh, the three champions of the OHL, the WHL, and the QMJHL, and then the host team, the St. John Sea Dogs of the QMJHL. They participate in a round robin. So the top three from the round robin advance, the first place team gets a bye, two plays three, and then the winners play each other for the Memorial Cup. I guess if we're looking for a comp, it's kind of like the Champions League in soccer, just on a much more compressed sort of a thing. So it's the champions of the champions, and this is a huge deal in junior hockey. And I saw last week you guys had Wayne Gretzky and Paul Bissonette come visit the locker room before the game. What was like? What was that like seeing uh, seeing Wayne Gretzky walk into the dressing room? Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Um, credit credit to the organization and uh, Wayne for coming in. Uh, I think he definitely gave us a pretty good cool pump up. Just being part of the oil can you always get those uh, cool cool experiences of guys walking in. You've seen so many different faces, so many different speeches throughout the year, and just to have Wayne come in on our playoff run was was uh, was was mind-boggling and jaw-dropping and then when uh when biz came to do the starting lineup that that definitely got got the boys going see that's what i was going to ask you because i know that you know guys your age i'm in my 40s greg's in his 40 mario is in his 30s i think in his yes, 30s. 30s um paul bissonette might be a bigger celebrity now than wayne gretzky is for for you guys <laughs> <laughs> who got more of a reaction um even though I want to say Biz, Biz was the funny guy, I, I think everyone, what Wayne said, they kind of took to heart and will remember that for the rest of their lives. It's very cool. That's awesome. It's an awesome moment. I, I wish we had coverage of this tournament in the States. It's just, it is such a cool thing. And, and, and talk, talk about, like, as a junior player from Canada, what, is winning the, what would winning the Memorial Cup mean to you? Yeah, it it would be pretty remarkable. Um, I was when I was little growing up in Kelowna, I was the biggest Rockets fan, and I followed them my my whole childhood growing up and watching them win it. And now now to think of me being in this same position 14 years later and having a chance to do that, it gives me goosebumps. And I'm kind of speechless trying to talk about it. It's it's cool you dreamed of it dreamed about this for so long and just to think you you kind of have uh four games left to kind of go do it to to get you amped up and ready to go hey Jalen, it's greg uh thanks for hopping on and talking to us uh the the blackhawks here in chicago the blackhawks took you in the seventh round of the 2021 draft and since then you've kind of uh, exploded offensively. You put up 93 points in your last 89 WHL games since being drafted. What what's been the key to that to that progression? Has it just been more that you're you're a veteran now and you're getting more opportunity, or has something clicked, or, or something changed, or, or is it just the way you've always played? Yeah, I think uh, I think the way junior hockey goes, the biggest thing you got to have as a player is confidence and uh, just getting that throughout the years, getting my feet wet in my first year and then um, playing it, playing every single game in my 17-year-old year, I feel set me up pretty good for myself and getting passed over kind of just put a spark under my uh, under me and uh, I just wanted to kind of show everyone who I really was when I was 18. I just had a lot of confidence and my coaching staff put me in into a good spot for me to succeed last year and I kind of just went with it and I think it's, it's just all about having confidence and believing in yourself out there and, and to kind of follow up on that one you know as, as Jay mentioned we don't get a lot of WHL coverage down here in Chicago so you know tell our tell the Blackhawk fans that are listening what type of player are you and what can we expect you know when, when we get you here in the in the big city 
Yeah, I'm definitely a, a versatile player. I can play on the wing. I can play on the center. Uh, I'll be on the penalty kill power play. I, I kind of call myself a two-way a two-way player. Um, I kind of looks like a, I want to be a Brandon Hagel when I'm growing up. And as a as a Chicago prospect, he was in the organization, and I just want to kind of be the next him and be that type of player for this organization. Well, that's great to hear because everyone loved Brandon Hagel, so I, I think uh, that's a good that's a good player to try and model yourself after. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, you've you've played now four seasons in, in the WHL. Um, this one kind of being maybe your first quote unquote normal season. What is, what was it like having, you know, two seasons, you know, shifted, cut short, no playoffs, and now you're you know you're playing a, a full season this year and a long playoff stretch and now the Memorial Cup like what what has that kind of been like over these last few years yeah it's been kind of crazy when we were 17 we were four games four games away from uh starting a playoff run and we were one remarkable team we were we were first in our conference and uh COVID shut it down and then when we were 18 we only had to we were only able to play 24 games with uh, no playoffs, and that was a bummer. And I think just all those years of knowing that we weren't going to get a playoff run and having a chance to this year just fired all of us. And we just wanted to make the most opportunity of it, and we've expected this grind. This has been the longest I've ever played hockey in. It's it's hard. You see it on the bodies and the guys in the locker room, but they show up every day to compete and with a smile on the face because we all love the game of hockey and we just want to do it for each other in the locker room. Jalen, I'm curious, what sort of uh, you know, how like how often do the Blackhawks communicate with you? You know, are they are they in touch regularly? Do they have any sort of input on you know the things you're working on in your game or the things that the Oil Kings are? helping you with in practice or are they pretty hands-off uh, at this point in your career? Um, I'd say throughout the regular season we talk we talk on a, a good basis of just my game will go over video and kind of just see what I can improve on and tweak in my game but right now it's, it's been playoff hockey and they've just been letting me play and uh, we, we said we will uh, talk when the run's over. You uh you were you were drafted in the same draft class as uh, Nolan Allen and, and Colton Dock, and you've had some time to to play against those guys. Do you do you, do you have any communication with those guys because they're also Blackhawks prospects throughout the year, and kind of you know when you, when you face off against them, have a maybe have an extra conversation or two, or uh, is it is it all just competition right now? Uh, yeah, unfortunately I didn't get to play against Colton this year, just the way the league worked and how we only played our conference, but every, every chance I, I got to play Nolan, we had smiles at, on each other's faces when we made eye contact and warm up. We knew it was going to be a battle and we just tried to push each other to get better every night. I found I was chipping the puck in his corner to try and just go get the puck. He's an excellent defenseman. I knew he's going to make me better and an exceptional player and both those players are and uh, I'm excited to hopefully play with those guys soon in the future. You have a teammate that a lot of Blackhawks fans had their eyes on in the draft and Sebastian Kosa in that. Uh, how is his development going and, and when do you think we'll see him in the uh, in the NHL? Yeah, Kosa is an exceptional goaltender just just the way he kind of carries himself. You can show he'll he'll be playing professional hockey pretty quick here. He's uh, he puts in the work, he puts in the time, and I won't be surprised if he's playing in the AHL next year and maybe gets a look in look in the NHL once next year. For people keeping an eye on it from, from the United States, like what would you tell someone who's never seen the Memorial Cup before? Like what would you tell them to watch for? Maybe specific to this year, or maybe specific to just a tournament in general. Like what should fans? in Chicago know about the Memorial Cup and what should make them super interested besides your presence in it? Uh, just like you said, it's, it's a tournament. You you play each team once and every game matters. Uh, you lose all three games, you're going home and you don't get to play anything. You're basically playing for your end of your season. And I think everyone 
just want to play for their teammates. It's going to be a battle, and it's it's the best of the best. Now it's the best four teams left in Canada, and who doesn't want to watch that kind of hockey? I know you got the Memorial Cup on your mind uh, right now, and rightfully so, but uh, do you have plans on, on coming to Chicago for the Hawks uh, development camp here in, in a few weeks in July? Yeah, I, uh, I will be attending that. Awesome. Well, we'll look forward to that, and we'll, we'll definitely try and touch base with you in person uh, instead of over the phone when you're here for a few days. For sure. Jalen, I, I wanted to ask about um... – you know, kind of the the, the makeup of, of your team this year because uh, you guys added a, a few players this season that have really made some made some big uh, impacts with uh, Luke Prokop and, and Justin Sudriff. Like, what have those guys? What have they brought to the uh, to, to the table that has you know uh, you know helped put put your team kind of over the top this year and you know come out as WHL champions and, and head into the Memorial Cup. Yeah, uh, credit credit to Kurt Hill, our GM. I think he's done an outstanding job bringing in bringing in Luke, uh, Justin, and Caden. I think bringing in three uh, three of those NHL prospect pieces were huge for our group. You look at Caden; he won it before. Justin lost it to Caden, and Luke's uh, signed third round NHL defenseman. Those uh, those three players helped us out a lot, and I think with a group like that and the team we built. I think right now uh, we there's 20 guys or 10 guys who are 20 right now with the way we're playing. and We're just a very old team, and you don't see that a lot. And I think uh, being old helps us. Being old. Bunch of 20, <laughs> bunch of 19 and 20-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got you to gotta be careful where, who you're calling old here on this, uh, on this podcast yeah. here, Jalen. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, and I, I wanted to follow up um, – and, and ask you a little bit about uh, Luke Prokop. Um, for those who don't know, uh, Luke um, came came forward about his uh, about his uh, sexuality and um, being a member of the LGBT community, and that was a big deal for for, for men's hockey. And um, I just wanted to ask Jalen. You know, it, it seems like the team really rallied uh, behind Luke, and and you, you guys seem to have his back. And does it is it too is it fair to say that it kind of seemed like it may not have been too big of a deal in the locker room like it was you guys were just kind of like yeah like okay like you know you're a teammate you're you're a friend no big deal or or how how has that been uh this season and, and kind of you know supporting Luke in that way uh it, it's been great um you know Luke's just a great person he came in day one just being himself and uh that's just who he is and that's just who he is. You just look at him as just another guy on your team. That's and that's all that is. He's uh, one exceptional person, and honestly, he's changed. He's changed a lot of guys on our team coming out, and he's done a lot of things uh, well for this community. And he's just one outstanding person. And uh, I'm very, very lucky to be able to play with him. Uh, he's one of my best friends that I've made on this team, and just uh, very proud of what he's done. Awesome. awesome. Jalen, thanks for taking stuff. the time, man. Good luck in the Memorial Cup. Uh, rooting for you guys, not only because you're on the team, but you have the baddest-ass uh, sweaters of any teams left in a tournament. Those are fantastic. And if you want to send any swag our way, you know, just let us know. You know, we're, <laughs> I can get you an address. It's cool. <laughs> we could rock the Oil King stuff on the show. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. Maybe I'll bring a couple hats down when I come for development camp. All right, well, for me and Greg, they're going to need to be big. Bring that. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, may, hey, maybe bring the Memorial Cup with you too. Yeah. Just yeah. they'll make it. They'll make everybody there extra jealous. Oh yeah. There you go. Oh yeah. Just throw it in the overhead bin. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Jalen. Good luck. Uh, we'll be watching you, man, and uh, and all the best. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you when Prospect Camp rolls around. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Jalen. CHGO and the CHGO Blackhawks podcast is also brought to you by Owen, O-W-Y-N, which stands for Only What You Need, and Owen is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works just as hard as you do. All of Owen's products are free of artificial ingredients, they are allergen-friendly, they don't contain any gluten or dairy, and are very easily digestible. 
You may have heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet. And for myself, I try and cut, cut out gluten or dairy as much as I can. So uh, getting back into working out, Owen has been a great product uh, to put into my workout regimen. Owen and CHGO are partnering up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off of your first purchase at liveowen.com when you use the code CHGO20. Join myself and Justin Fields, the pitchers of perfect health, and try Owen <laughs> only what you need. Joining us now on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast is the voice of the Chicago Wolves, Jason Shaver. Follow him on Twitter at the Shaves. Awesome, awesome username there on, <laughs> on Twitter. The Wolves uh, dropped the puck on the Calder Cup finals Sunday at 3 p.m. at the Allstate Arena. Go to the game. Get some tickets. Go watch some playoff hockey in Chicago. It's long overdue. Jason, thanks for taking some time out on a, on a busy week. We appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. It's great to be talking hockey this time of year and uh, being in an ice arena. Um, hot temperatures <laughs> here in the Chicagoland. Free air conditioning. You can beat it. There you go. Just lay down on center ice. No one will stop yeah. you. <laughs> that's that cr- that's the, the best part of having a credential, right? <laughs> it absolutely is, especially this time of year. This will be the, the latest that the Wolves have ever played a hockey game. So that's saying something for a team that's had a lot of success. So when we last checked in with the Wolves, they were just about to sweep the Rockford Ice Hogs. Uh, then they went on to the conference semifinals. They beat the Milwaukee Admirals in four games, then beat the Stockton Heat in six to advance to the final, where they'll face off against the Springfield Thunderbirds. Catch us up. What do we need to know? How has the uh, how have the playoffs gone for the Wolves? I know uh, three of the top four in scoring in the league are Chicago Wolves, Lavo and Jury and and Nason at the top of the list. Uh, it just seems like the Wolves just keep plowing through everybody. Yeah, and to I guess to start from the beginning, I think the the best thing for the Wolves to get going was to play those two rivals, the long-standing rivals, right off the bat. So you have full attention. Uh, it was well-documented that Rockford had the advantage during the regular season, and I think that was a little chip on the shoulder for the Wolves going into it to have to answer the call to a team that had really been frustrating to play against all season long. And then after that, you get the Milwaukee Admirals. There's not a team in the Wolves' history that they face more than Milwaukee. They play a different style, a contrast of style, where it gets a little bit gritty, and the, the Wolves were able to, to work through that. And then for the first time, they get a bit of unknown. The Wolves had the best record in the entire AHL. And in the conference finals, they played the team that they just passed on the last day of the regular season to overtake them. So we had the top two teams that hadn't faced each other, hadn't faced any common opponents. And uh, the Wolves answered the call on that. It went six games. Uh, through five games, I would say that the Wolves were the better team. And you just had a feeling that they were going to be able to wrap it up on home ice and in a 3 nothing victory, uh, they advanced to the finals for the second straight season in the American Hockey League that we've had playoff hockey. <laughs> how was that true. for the recap? <laughs> pretty good. That's great. Pretty good. How, how fun is that that this is technically their second straight Calder Cup Finals appearance because there wasn't a Calder Cup Final in 2020 or 2021. And the last time they were there, they lost to the Carolina Hurricanes affiliate. And this time they are the Carolina Hurricanes affiliate. Yes. If you can't beat them, you join them. In this case, I, I guess if you, you can't beat them, you bring them as your affiliate. So. <laughs> and then and then you look on the other side, it's the St. Louis Blues affiliate. And it was only just a couple of years ago that you guys were working out with the Blues. So it's it's strange how these things kind of all come full circle. Yeah, you'll you'll see uh, one former Wolves player, Mackenzie McEachern, who has had a pretty good stint with the St. Louis Blues, but battled some injuries and has been down there. And then Daniel Kachuk is still on their coaching staff, and he was with the Wolves, so there will be some some familiar faces. And then a lot of players that uh, we have seen playing in the Western Conference of the AHL uh, are, are on that Springfield roster too, led by a James Neal, if you can believe that, the real deal has uh, been making uh, some noise in the postseason for Springfield. Well, that's a good segue to talk about Springfield before we get back to the Wolves. Um, you know, the Wolves traditionally have always been a team that, that yeah, sure, we'll help develop your young players, but we want to win, so we're going to get a lot of AHL veterans in here to help us succeed. And that's, when you look at that Springfield roster, they kind of 
blue you know use that blueprint too you mentioned james neal they've got some guys that wolves fans will know guys like uh sam annis who led the league in scoring just two seasons ago with iowa will bitten spent a lot of time with iowa uh there's dakota joshua who's have a big postseason that wolves fans may remember when uh from the san antonio rampage days so you know you guys match up pretty evenly with this springfield team how how is that going to break down over the next you know four to seven games yeah, it should be interesting, you know, just talking with the coaching staff a little bit. They play a, a style that's maybe a little bit similar to Milwaukee. They're heavy. Uh, they got some strong and veteran defense that uh, play the puck. And, you know, the Wolves are a transition team, and they'll try and use their forecheck to create those turnovers. They like to break out quickly. So if they can come off the neutral zone, which they've been able to do so far in the playoffs and get uh, those transition opportunities in, I, you know, that's the cat-and-mouse game. So, you know, I think Springfield is going to want to play a little bit more physical uh, with their big forwards and their, you know, pretty large defense. And if the Wolves can get it into a little bit more of a track meet game, I think that favors their playing style. Well, with the Carolina Hurricanes um, being eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs, you guys kind of got some some reinforcements uh, coming down during during your run. Um, one of the biggest, I think, was was going to be uh, you know in net with uh, Kachekov yeah. com- coming in. How was that transition going from uh, going from Alex Lyon, who had, who had been been the, the starter through the postseason, to then going to uh, Piotr Kachekov once once he was available? Yeah, it's a, an interesting dilemma, right? You have a goaltender, a veteran goaltender that, you know, led the league in goals against average. The, the Wolves had the best goals against average. They took that award, and Alex Klein was the only netminer that played enough to qualify for the, that team award, and he was off to a great start in the playoffs. Uh, only one loss, and then Kocheko reassigned. But uh, one of the things this time of year, building availability is tough. So there's some back-to-back games, and it's a very nice luxury that now the Wolves can rotate and feel very confident with their two netminers. You mentioned the series starts Sunday afternoon, Father's Day, and then game number two at the All-State Arena is on Monday. So I'd expect both goaltenders to get a start. I'm not sure which way they're leaning as far as who's the game one and game two starters, but you've got confidence in both. Both had a shutout in the last round, and both contributed. Both went two and one in their games in that round. So it's been good. And Alex is flying. The veteran netminder is just such a good teammate. Uh, to be able to come off a shutout and realize that the other goaltender is going to get a start is not the easiest thing, the easiest pill to swallow. And Lyon has just been excellent. And if you take a look at the Wolves Twitter feed and Instagram, there'll be some photos of just how good of a guy Alex is, you know, joking around Pocheco after the series win and, in his shutout, and that is kind of organic and, and true. He's been a great partner with all the different netminers that the Wolves have used this year, and that's uh, so important. I'm always interested in that dynamic, and, and maybe not this specific example we're talking about now, but just in general where you've got a team who is – you know, battled together through an AHL season, then the, mm-hmm. you know, the parent club is eliminated and then all these guys come in and, and take jobs away from, frankly, guys who have had them the whole season. Um, you know, I, I know there's two ways to look at it, right? Like, okay, we're going to get some some reserves and some NHL help and we're going to be a better team. But at the same time, you know, how do players deal with potentially losing their jobs that they've had all season long? And that's such a great point. And where it really comes down to the coaching staff and, and management here in Chicago, Wendell Young, who's you know been up and down in his career in the American Hockey League, great success, Stanley Cup champion with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and just setting that tone and communicating with guys that they're coming down and the guys that have been here all season long. The Wolves have only used 20 skaters for this playoff run, which is crazy, and two netminders. So they've used the same six defensemen, and there are three defensemen that, at times, you thought we're going to be in the playoff lineup. Uh, but to use your point, they went with the six that had been here all season long, and they've remained healthy, and they've remained good, so they have not had to tweak that. They did get a couple uh, different options at the forward position that they swapped out a little bit, and that is, you know, I guess let those coaches get paid the big decisions to who you've taken out. There's some young prospects that came over late in the year from Europe that have been mainstays in the lineup. Vasily Panamarov has done a, a great job along 
uh, with Noel Gundler. They were not with the team until maybe the last month of the season, but they both contributed uh, on the fourth line during the playoffs. And that balance and going back, you know, the Wolves are looking at a lot of veteran players that are the point leaders. But if you don't have prospects, you don't get to where you are because you have to have that depth scoring. And the Wolves have gotten that from the Carolina Hurricanes prospects. And then the local guy, Jack Drury, who I'm sure you guys are well aware of, right? He's, He's second, or actually third in the league in points as a rookie from Winnetka, went to Loyola Academy, and I don't think he'll be in Chicago next year. I think he'll be a Carolina Hurricane, and if the Wolves don't have Jack, uh, a prospect for the Canes as their number two centerman, they're probably not here either. Jack is the son of Ted and the nephew of Chris Drury. So yeah. uh, good hockey blood in that family, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he he's a good kid. Like you, you talked him off the ice, and you're like, "How are you the same guy that punches people in the face and and throws body checks <laughs> on the ice?" But way to make me feel old. I remember watching yeah. his uncle curse in the Little League World Series, and now his nephew is about to go to the NHL. God. Yeah, and just to share a couple stories about Jack too, and Greg, you've dealt with them. This kid never has a bad day, or if he's having a bad day, and we all know, right? We cover these teams, and some days you're trying to get some audio, and you're just like, you can always go to Jack. No matter what happens, he will talk to you. He'll give you a thoughtful answer. Uh, he'll put a smile on your face. He's just a, a pro's pro at 21 years old. It, it's unbelievable. He comes home this year. He's living with his parents. He said, I'm going to pay rent. But I have a friend who is a school teacher that happens to be teaching his younger uh, brother, Teddy. And Teddy just warmed up the teacher. You know how nice it is to have my big brother, Jack, living at home and playing football on Sundays in the backyard with us? They just come from a great family. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, Harvard educated and not an ounce of cockiness when you deal with them on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, he's he's one of those players that no matter who your favorite team is, he's an easy kid to root for and and hope for success. And I think he's going to get it. He's a tremendous tremendous player. Um, and speaking yeah. of tremendous players, you you got a guy, the team captain Andrew Podorowski brought in uh, last time the Wolves were in the Calder Cup final. He was on the other side. He was the playoff MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? What's he brought to this team besides being one of their offensive leaders since day one? He's been, you know, the cog that's been driving this wheel. But what else has he been able to offer these young guys who haven't gone through this before being a Calder Cup winner and playoff MVP just a couple of years ago? Well, he shows up and puts in the work. You know, he's a guy that had 101 points on their season, but he does not cheat the game. And hockey fans here in Chicago know if you're going to win a championship, it's always nice to have the league-leading point producer from Buffalo, New York, uh, in your lineup. And, boy, have they been it from just a competitive player. And much like Patrick Kane, strips pucks, plays that 200-foot game. And if you're sitting on the bench and seeing, you know, the leading point producer doing all the hard work in his own zone, that is contagious. And he and Stephen Mason have been a staple on the top line. And then they've had rotating wingers on the left side, and whoever joins that line is instant offense. It's the ability of those two to just uh, complement the player on their left side and continue to produce. And they've been doing it all year long. And just think about, he's the Calder Cup reigning MVP. He left the league in points last year during the pandemic. He's been leading the league in points. So you are getting their best D pairings every night. You're getting their best defensive center every night and still to be able to put up points like he has all season long is remarkable and the, the one one last question just to take the focus off the ice and behind the bench you've got mm-hmm. ryan Worsovsky. uh he's won everywhere he's gone he's uh it's about as coachy as a coach can get uh mm-hmm. the, mo- the, the most serious coach i've ever dealt with uh in my career that's for sure and that's not a bad thing that's not a that's not a knock on ryan but we're in chicago there's a hockey team here that could use another that is looking for potentially a new coach. How long until Ryan Warsawski starts getting his name mentioned in these coaching searches? Because it can't be that much longer. The, the guy has proven himself everywhere he's gone. Yes, and we have had a laundry list of great resume coaches here with the Chicago Wolves that have gone on to do great things or already had done great things in the NHL. And I would put Ryan right up there. You mentioned 
just dealing with him. Um, he grew up in Boston, so obviously he's a huge Belichick uh, fan and studied his coaching philosophy. Uh, so he, I think he always gives you a good answer and a much better answer than Bill Belichick, but his command inside that locker room is phenomenal. He can bring some emotion. He can bring some humor. He just seems to have a great pulse on today's players, and it seems like every time that he says, huh, I wonder how the team's going to respond after this adversity. They respond with just an excellent performance, and that is a tribute to, to him. Brian's the head coach and his assistant, Patrick Dwyer, and Bob Nardella, who played for the Wolves. Uh, Cody Ward, the video coach, they, they are locked and in sync with the team, and it's it's been impressive uh, to watch them. Jason, thanks so much for taking some time out. The Wolves drop the puck. Remember, Sunday at 3 p.m. And then again on Monday at the All-State Arena. You can watch the games on AHL TV. So make sure you sign up for that if going to the game is not an option. And make sure you're following Jason on Twitter at The Shaves. Uh, Jason, we appreciate your time, man. And good luck to the Wolves here in the Calder Cup Finals. Well, as John Anderson would say, we're going to need it. But uh, thank you so much (laughs) uh, for the time. All right. Take care. Thanks, Jason. Jason Shaver, voice of the Chicago Wolves. That was really great. Uh, really fun episode today, fellas. We got to talk to Jalen Lipen ahead of the uh, Memorial Cup. Jason Shaver ahead of the Calder Cup. Someday we'll talk to somebody about the Blackhawks in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and can't wait for that to happen, quite frankly. Someday. Uh, but that was, a, that was a great time. I want to remind everybody, Monday's show, it's a big one. It's Mailbag Monday, so get those questions in. Hit up any of the three of us on Twitter. Uh, we're at Jay Zawoski, at Greg Boyson, and at Mario Tirabasi. Very creative on all three fronts from all of us. Uh, Mario <laughs> underscore Tirabasi, actually. My bad on that yeah, one. Yeah. And then uh, you can email us, blackhawks at allchgo.com. And you get our questions in that way, and we'll answer your questions. And we're also going to be joined by Turner Sports' Liam McHugh. He's going to jump on, ju- talk some Stanley Cup finals, talk some broadcasting, talk all things hockey with us. So we're really looking forward to Monday's show. Make sure you join us live at 11 a.m. on the YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications and subscribe so you get alerts. And, of course, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, uh, and you'll know when we uh, have new episodes drop. So with that, we're going to wrap things up. Reminder, we are presented by PointsBet. Use that promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. For Greg and Mario, I'm Jay. This has been the CHGO Blackhawks Podcast.